Ice cream is this extraordinary metaphor for death and rebirth. When you eat it and it's breaking down or melting down and it gets kind of reborn on your palate, it gets reborn as vapor and scent. And in that, it's beautiful. And so there's this like, has to melt down before it's reborn into something completely different and, re- and beautiful, which mm. is like kind of what I've been through. It's a beautiful metaphor for time and for the moment and mm. for mm. paying attention. Mm. You know, you can write a story about the future, you can write a story about the past, but you cannot write a story about right now. All right, today's guest is a repeat guest, Jenny. Jenny, who put artisanal ice cream on the map in 2002 with her namesake brand, Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream, is back on the podcast for a second time. Many of you here locally and really across the country know Jenny. She's put scoop shops from coast to coast, and, you know, she's been on quite the journey, um, both professionally as an entrepreneur and personally. And um, she's a good friend and it's always a pleasure to be in conversation with her. We have great deep conversations and this one is another one which I really enjoyed and uh, was an opportunity for us to record and share with you. So um, enjoy Jenny. She's a wealth of depth and knowledge and Um, a really dear good friend and happy to have her back on the podcast and sharing her life and insights with you. Welcome back to the podcast. It's fun to do this with you. I'm looking forward to catching up. You and I have had a lot of really good conversations since you were on the podcast, just, you know, over coffee talking about life. And I know life has evolved and shifted and expanded, changed, you know, in a lot of ways for you. And so you just mentioned being in Italy and I know you've been traveling a ton and doing all kinds of new things and exploring and, you know, I'll let you kind of hop in wherever you want. And I'll love to just kind of, you know, have you share a little bit of an update with the audience (laughs) about you and life. Well, it's so cool to be here too in person. And when we were when I was on the podcast originally, or the first time, it was in the beginning of COVID. And it was very, it was a very uncertain time anyway. And then also personally for me, it was a very uncertain time. I was, you know, it was, I was grounded, stopped traveling. And mm. so it was a great time for me to be forced to kind of look at what my life was and what was going on. And I think a lot of us did that during COVID. I had had, um, that, that sort of started for me really in 2017, where I was really like, just kind of needing that sort of, I needed change. Like I needed a big change and I didn't know what it was and I wasn't ready to step into it. But by the end of 2019, I, I, I was, and I had been, uh, maybe a little more slowly. And then 2020 just grounded me and and everybody. So one of the things that I was doing back then was, you know, I would come back to my life in Columbus, but then I would go on the road and I felt freer on the road. I felt freer. I felt like me. And so I was doing that a lot and maybe leaning on that a lot. But when, uh, when COVID hit, you know, you have to really, and a lot of us, I think, had to do this. We just had to, like, look at our lives. And that was a process that was really beautiful, actually. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a lot has changed since that, really, since even I was on the show in 2020, which I can't remember what it was, maybe May, you know, three years ago. Yeah. You know, I'm curious to hear what has changed, but also, you know, maybe more importantly, you know, the process of change. You know, if you could you know, start to unpack that a little bit, you know, I think so many people, 
were and and are still, you know, going through change. I think COVID did give us all opportunity to reflect, you know, to shift the the way in which we were doing things at least temporarily. And you know, for people like us that that's it's almost impossible to not stop and reflect and look at how you're living, how you're being and and start to explore what might need to change or what you'd like to change. I don't think we're alone. I think there's a lot of people that were in that boat. So, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about then how you moved through that. What was your process? Well, I will think I want to ground that in. Uh, I didn't, it took me a long time to realize how deeply unhappy I was, mm-hmm. which is a hard thing for me to even say out loud. I was by 2019, I had been through a lot and I had walked through a lot and made me, it's what, it's what makes me as a human being, just all of the things, um, you know, from the the recall of 2015, but before that too, I mean, raising a company Mm -hmm. is, as you know, it's a thing that we do probably because we came from struggle, Mm -hmm. right? We really can push ourselves to these extremes because we came from a place where, where there was already struggle. In, in many ways, we're familiar with that feeling. And actually, we wanted to get through, sort of getting to this next level was so important to us. I don't know if that makes sense. To, oh, but, you it does. Know. Very much so. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs come from struggle already. That's my story as well. So, you know, you come into this as an entrepreneur and you push yourself so hard because, you know, it's like you want to say success is the only option, failure is not, whatever. It's not just that. I mean, you're working to get yourself to a place of safety. And for me, that was what it was. I mean, I loved so much ice cream. I mean, there was, I knew freedom was so important to me. Freedom is, you know, of expression and, and life was very important to me, even from as I was, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so somehow as a 22 year old young woman, I, I found ice cream and I knew it was going to be my life. And I also knew that I had to make it work, that this was my like way out of the struggle of my family. And, and so I was able to take that on, but you know, you do it, keep pushing, keep pushing. So by 2015, we had the recall the the breakdown and we got through that which was magical in so many ways it was the hardest one of the hardest things i've been but also one of the coolest things i've ever experienced but by 2017 2018 i was pretty broken Mm -hmm. just from that life i mean i was like i really like when i look back on it i think like i mean even i was was really trying to be too many things to too many people Mm -hmm. and stretched and you know, there was tension inside of my body from being stretched in so many directions. I mean, I'd had children. So, you know, that also becoming a mother in the middle of all of that was, mm-hmm. was complicated. So, so there was like, so like, I want to say there was like a breakdown or like my brain broke. Mm. It wasn't like dramatic. It was mm-hmm. actually the most peaceful thing. Mm. But I had this moment in, uh, in late 2019 where I was like, I just think I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I can't, mm-hmm. I really think that I'm just going to disappear. Like I just Mm. felt like I was vaporizing and I didn't know what to do. Nothing was right in my life. Nothing felt right. Nothing. Mm. Not at, not at work, not at home. Weirdly, I do think that I was still a pretty good mom. (laughs) Like Mm. I think that was one thing I was getting right, but everywhere else, it it just felt like it was, it was not right. Mm. And I sat down at this beautiful corner of my room and I just moved, but my, my old house, I had 43 windows in my room, the beautiful space and the sun was coming in. And I remember just sitting down thinking like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I think I'm stepping into the end, mm. like, like darkness or something. I'm, just, I'm, I'm kind of losing it or something. Mm-hmm. And I felt really say, peaceful about that. When, when you say you couldn't do this anymore, was this like, 
everything like all aspects of it was it the was it the business you know tell me more about like what it was you couldn't do was it just that being that person that you had that you had been living into yeah i mean i was trying to be a lot of things to different people i was feeling a lot of pressure uh, i was also really misaligned i was deeply misaligned with the people closest to me in terms of vision business. So it was like, you know, when you love something as much as I love Jenny's, you know, you, you stand for it. Mm -hmm. And so I was standing for it. I was showing up every day with this, you know, standing for my vision of the company, which, you know, in any, in any company that, you know, you're sort of marrying visions. I mean, you have to, you have to be flexible. You have to, you know, compromise. There's compromise in, involved in that. But I felt like the pendulum was too far on, on the maybe efficiency side. Um, so I was standing for that, and I'd been doing that for a few years and trying to sort of survive that, I think, with that vision intact of community that I, and art and creativity that I so much think is Jenny's. And home, it was the same. It was just sort of just out of alignment, out of alignment. And, you know, I'm a, more of a an instinct, emotion, nature sort of thinker. People who were closest to me were more linear or just very linear. And so I felt very much like that, like, very different. And I even think that there was uh, this idea of, you know, you know, Jenny's crazy or frenetic. I was getting these vibes from people close to me. Mm -hmm. I started to feel it. I started mm -hmm. to feel that way. Let me ask you something. I'm just curious about that because I guess we'll just jump around a little bit yeah, and yeah, yeah. go with it. You know, just maybe before I say that or ask this question, you know, just really appreciate you sharing what you have so far even, because I think people probably look at you like you know as this um, leader this public figure you present very happy you present you know with a beautiful smile and you're always you know traveling to beautiful places and you know doing exciting things people probably aspire i hear it you know people really think of you in, in a way that they admire quite a bit now i hope they admire you even more for acknowledging that, in fact, you know, you were, you know, in a lot of ways out of alignment or broken or struggling, suffering, you know, whatever, <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. people need to hear that part too. I think it's really, really important for people to get, especially, you know, in this entrepreneurial world, in the world of, you know, public figures, influencers, you know, it's been talked about, but not enough, I don't think that, like, you know, you're only seeing people's best. And in the reality, we're all the same. We all have the same struggles. Even the idea of, you know, being used to struggle uh, to be an entrepreneur, like that's interesting. That's really interesting. And I think most people are unconscious to it because it is so much about the hustle, the can't fail, the make the money, to be successful, to get the post, the do the shit, whatever, right? Like, really looking at what was underneath that and driving that, you know, is also pretty important to highlight. It's critical. It's critical. I mean, I, uh, I'm connected to many as you are, I mean, just countless entrepreneurs across America. And now I'm like the, the entrepreneur, especially for females entrepreneurs, uh, therapist. I mean, I'm the one that people call when they mm -hmm. get into to crisis. You know, it's interesting that I, I do present as very happy and I am. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that life is, <laughs> so extraordinary. And I've always felt that and just so here, get everything from it. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, 
I, I definitely am. And on my Instagram, even I show the shadow. Yeah. But I don't uh, I don't do it in a way that's like it's, it's clear. I don't tell the story, you know, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's not about that. It's mm-hmm. about the specifics of the story. It's about that. That is what brings that sort of brings your your joy, your love, the things that, the other things that you're expressing into relief, into mm-hmm. full relief, into into 3D. You know, it's mm-hmm. what gives you uh, the the sort of, I guess, gravity. I mean, here mm-hmm. we are. But like, you know, it really does. It sort of makes the yeah. the love and the things that you stand for more clear to people mm-hmm. when there is that shadow. So mm-hmm. I'm, there is, you know, I'm very much um, shadow on, on my Instagram too. I mean, I almost only do stories because I feel like it's more personal. For some mm-hmm. reason to me, it's a little more private, mm-hmm. but I get pretty clear about that. Yeah. And and I think that it it also allows happiness and joy and you know, I guess I'm not afraid of that, that sort of death and rebirth, you know, the part of life, because mm. I think that's what makes, you know, it's like awe is one of, you know, one of my favorite emotions or things to feel, right? It's, it's like a thunderstorm on a prairie, right? It's got to be scary mm. and beautiful, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Yeah. So, so many people, myself included, uh, depending on, you know, conditioning, you know, which is just sort of my, you know, belief but um, let the fear, it ends with the fear, you know, it can't be part of it. You know, the fear is, is, you know, what really becomes the, the end, like, well, no, I'm not going to do that because that's too scary. Um, And you seem to have a pretty good way of being with all of it, you know, the fullness of it. And, and so, you know, maybe getting back to, you know, your process of stepping into yeah, I guess that's what I'm I'm maybe more curious about right now in this moment is just like how did you choose to step through in into, you know, the fear and into now you have this, you know, realization that you're out of alignment with um people that you're working with that you're you know, not, you know, living a life that you want to continue to live. Maybe it served you perfectly well to get to that point, but you know, it's not who you want to be, go forward, realizing that, and then moving through it, stepping into it, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what came next, you know, in that, in that journey. Well, so I was, um, just back to my room, I was sitting and, and feeling very peaceful and feeling like, okay, I'm just going to like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I felt like kind of like I was just going to like vaporize or something. I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. But I really felt like, like finished, like done. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what else to do and I can't do anymore. I just cannot go on. I'd felt for a while that this diminishing of myself and happened was look down and I saw on my book, sitting in front of a bookshelf and I saw Whitman's Leaves of Grass and I picked it up and I opened it to my favorite poem, which is from Hit from Leaves of Grass, which was I Sing the Body Electric. And I read it and that poem is about how your body knows, your body is wise. Mm -hmm. Your body knows truth. It knows you listen to your body, you know the way, basically. And that moment I was like, I know the way, like I know. Because I think that I had been trying to live in my brain, uh, trying to be linear, trying to, you know, convince people, Mm -hmm. you know, in my life of whatever. And there's nothing wrong with the people. They do what they do because that's the way they do it. And that's totally fine. It just wasn't for me. So I, I realized like, I like live through my 
body, through experience, through sensorial experience, through emotion, and use my brain to interpret that. But it's, you know, it's never enough. Like, whereas they're more in their brain and linear, and that is how they are seeing the world, right? Mm -hmm. They being just, you know, I mean, a lot of people. And I, in reading this, I felt like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. This is right. Mm -hmm. It's a different way of thinking about it. It's a different mm -hmm. way of processing the world. And why don't I step into that? Mm -hmm. Like, why don't I just step into that? I understood this when I was young. I understood it when I started Jenny's. I lived in that for so long. And then I got into the business world, which mm -hmm. is so cool. And so, you know, in a way, elegant in its linearity or whatever, you know, but also uh, brutal. Is it cool? I don't know. I'm I don't not know. sure anymore if it's cool. I'm, yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's a whole of, I, um, it's it's interesting. You know. I will say about that, like I think there's a better way, and I think yeah. I think that we can use business and the, that that sort of like there's like an there is an elegance to it that I like. Mm -hmm. I haven't I've rarely seen it done well, and I'm trying to do that. I was trying to do that. I think we still are, in in fact, mm -hmm. at Jenny's. I think there's a better way, and I think that's what we're doing. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, but yeah. I guess I was kind of curious about that too, just to jump back to the business thing for a minute, because. I do think there's a better way. And I think, you know, that's you and I are trying to do, you know, the reason I, you know, make the comment is because sometimes it feels like it's harder than it should be. Mm -hmm. And um, in fact, I'm reading this book called The Mountain Is You. I'm wondering if you know the author, because she seems like somebody you would know. If not, you probably should. I think her name is Brianna East. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, she's a wonderful great. author okay. and she's a great follow. And I love this book. I've started reading some of her other stuff too. And um, she talks about like when it's when it's hard and when it's a struggle and when you feel like it's out of alignment, like you're trying too hard, then it's probably not right. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, you know, business feels like that. Now, sometimes things yes. are hard, right? That, you know, I don't know if nothing good comes easy. Maybe, maybe that's not even true. But, you know, sometimes things don't happen as easy as you'd like them to, right? Part of the struggle, the suffer is good. But, but, you know, it does seem like in business, especially as you move into growth, when you start you know, doing deals with capital partners, private equity guys, people that, you know, are probably not in alignment. Um, you know, that's where I'm like, I don't know, you know, if, yeah. if, if business, you know, I mean, how, how long can you keep it in alignment, you know, and, and have it grow and expand? I'm not sure if I've found the answer there. I will. I haven't either, but yeah. I do know that I mean, I put a lot of thought into it too. And, yeah. you know, I think that the, the idea that you can control everything is something that I think the the sort of business world is taught. Like that's mm -hmm. part of the, mm -hmm. the first of all, I, I would just say too that business from the way that I see that what I've seen is a culture. It's a culture. It is complicated for, mm -hmm. for being known for efficiency, right? I mean, it is mm -hmm. too complicated. Uh, and it's a culture. It's a culture of mostly men and a very specific kind of, not just kind of man, very specific culture. And I think that you're invited into that culture if you can exist in the culture without disrupting it, you know? And so that whether it's the boardroom tables, you, know, you might see women in there, but they're usually women who are not, who are, who are behaving in that same culture, you know, and it is a command mm -hmm. and control culture. Um, I think it's outdated. I think it's mm -hmm. very outdated. 
I think it's not going to work for the future. Mm-hmm. I do think that's that that there are lessons that are that have been learned, you know, in the in the financial world. You know, when you when you when you shred a company of its values, you know, you don't make your money back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to lose. I mean, that's the language that they speak, and so they know that there's mm-hmm. some amount of that that they have to hold on to, or or even a mm-hmm. lot of that. And so that is a discussion, and and I'm lucky that I have. I have partners who are discussing that mm-hmm. and they do seem to understand that in a way that others often don't, but still it's a struggle, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that there is a much better way. And I do see it coming down the, the pike. I do see a different way. Yeah. I think I do too. It's just sometimes it seems like it's just a very tiny part of overall, you know, puzzle, but. And also, you know, you see people acting, okay. You see these facades because, you know, you see uh, almost like kindness facades, mm-hmm. but then behind the scenes, woke awareness mm-hmm. facades. Mm-hmm. And then behind the scenes, when you really get into it, when you get a little deeper, you see that really like the, the motivations, intentions are all just the same. So it's actually, mm-hmm. it's really hard to, to know who to trust in that world, mm-hmm. in the world of business. Yeah. I think the one thing I've learned from, from business is that it can be a teacher you know, mm-hmm. e- even if, you know, kind of the world is going to teach you one way or another, right? Yeah. So, That's right. you know, I've just learned through business about other people, about, you know, what matters to me, who I am, what I, how I want to spend my time. You know, a lot of times, you know, life is about learning, you know, what you don't want and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. But again, coming back to you, you know, I... Curious and 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 moved by how you uh, chose to move away from things that did not feel good. You know, you talked about this being in the body, right? Which which I agree with. You you have the uh, you know maturity to recognize that 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 you know consciousness to feel it and to then act in alignment you know, with what does feel right to you. And so, you know, you've started to do that. I know nature was a big part of that. You know, you've been pretty open about getting into the forest and moving and being in nature. Just talk a little bit more about kind of, you know, how you've moved into this, this, you know, new phase. Well, I, in that, in that sort of discovery that uh, if the thing that goes through my head all the time is if it feels wrong, it is wrong. Mm-hmm. And if it feels right, it is right. I mean, you you still have to work through it. There, mm-hmm. you know, it's the right direction. Because I think sometimes too, with these this sort of linear way, this reason, like I think shallow reason, you know, there's you know, these sort of like lawyerly, you know, you can argue a point that's wrong. And I couldn't keep up with that, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so I found myself saying, like leaving rooms thinking, but I know that's wrong. And that was really hard for me because it happened all the time. And, and this was one of the realizations that I had, like, no, no, no. If it feels wrong, it is wrong. We need to keep pushing and finding, you know, get upstream from that or whatever, but like figure it out. Just keep figuring that out. And that's true too of like how I feel. If it feels wrong, it is okay. So what is that? What's, what's the cause of that? And, and so just that, that gave me the strength, that realization or whatever, getting back to it gave me the strength to, um, to just, I guess, keep my, keep being curious and be more curious. And in fact, about what was going on and not try to, 
reason with people that I was never going to be able to. Mm-hmm. It's just not, that's not, I wasn't trained to do that like they were, you know, mm-hmm. but instead believe myself, just believe my experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, yeah, that I did immediately was I went back to the forest. I have always been a nature person, but when I was a kid, I, I grew up, I had grandparents had forest land and we were there all the time. And my grandfather was a huge Thoreau fan. And we, he built a cabin in the woods and spent every day out there. And we went on the weekends and uh, they had honeybees and maple trees that we tapped every year for, for maple syrup. It was heaven. It was literally heaven for me. We had flower gardens that were taller than me and wherever the sun would shine through, we would plant a garden. And, uh, and my grandmother's an artist. And I, uh, and it's interesting because her, that's where I learned resources. I'm understanding resources. So you think like business is all about resources, but art is all about resources too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that also was very di- difficult for me coming from an art perspective and a creative perspective that I think some of the business minds, if you will, made assumptions that I didn't understand resources, which mm-hmm. I very much do. And also mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, it's like you're, that's, you live and die by resources. Mm-hmm. You know, you make one plus one is it has to equal three or you, um, you, you can't survive. But I, but I learned all those things actually from the forest and my grandmother and, and then my grandfather. And so when this was happening, the first thing I did, I mean, I got up and went to the forest and, and I had to Google. I had not really spent much time in the metro parks in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would go to Hocking Hills, you know, mm-hmm. fairly regularly, but I didn't really, uh, I think I didn't believe that there were such great metro parks mm-hmm. in our city. I thought you had to go south. So mm-hmm. I had done that a few times or many, many times actually, but I found like the closest one. Mm-hmm. which was Chestnut Ridge. And mm-hmm. I go there all the time. I actually also started going to Yellow Springs. And those two places, I just started, I mean, I would go to Clifton Gorge in Yellow Springs and, and spend like six hours in the forest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's not that big. I would just go around and around and around. I would sit and think there's this, there are points where I would, um, these sort of meditation points that I, like spots that I found. And I would go and just be in the forest and let myself atomize and almost like vaporize in the forest and just become one with the forest, just completely get rid of believing anything about me, you know, at all. Mm -hmm. And one of the other ways that I did that actually, because sometimes, you know, you get swirled back into all of your problems back in in the real world or Mm -hmm. whatever. And one of the ways that I did that was I started whenever I would kind of swirl back into or call back into or pull back in mentally and emotionally, uh, I started running in the mm-hmm. forest and I have never been athletic in my entire life. Never. I was the opposite of that. I was an art kid. So when you're growing up, you know, in the eighties and nineties, if you were an art kid, like you weren't an athlete, mm-hmm. if you were an English kid, you weren't a math kid or a science kid, which is just bullshit. But right. you know, I never believed that about myself. Mm-hmm. And I started running because I was literally trying to escape mm-hmm. these emotions. And like it I realized that it it put me in this place where all of my realms of being were aligned, mm. spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, where I couldn't be drawn back into, you know, any, whatever I was, problem I was trying to solve or swirling about. But I was in this like alignment where I was not thinking I was just really totally in flow. And when you're on a trail running, you know, and I had, somebody had given me a pair of hokas, like the hoka, some, mm-hmm. they had. And I told him, I was like, don't send me a pair of hokas because I'm not a runner. Mm-hmm. I'm not athletic at all. So no, I would don't want, you know, I'm, there was like an influencer kind of thing on mm-hmm. Instagram. Like mm-hmm. they wanted to send me some and they did. And it was like, I don't know, years before. And mm-hmm. I went and dug those out. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even have a pair of tennis shoes and I put them on. That was what I was running in old hokas that somebody that had been sent to me for free. And, and I would run in those. And I did, I would run in those. I ran in those in the forest until they like 
till the bottom came out of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was so beautiful. And I learned that, like, um, how it feels to exist, but to just be. Mm-hmm. Like, to just the oneness. Mm-hmm. Which I had felt when I was a kid in the forest, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe you can say a little bit more. You talked a little bit about, you know, the business. But what was it that you were finding, you know? I hear that, you know, you were running, that there was this, you know, shift in your being. It was that there was, uh, you know, change that was needed. There was, you know, lack of alignment, you know, but maybe you could kind of ground that and, and specifically, you know, say, what was it that you realized needed to change either personally or professionally in your life? Well, I wanted the company to be what I wanted it to be. You know, I mean, I wanted it to be a place where, where, you know, we always talk about fellowship and comes from the Lord of the Rings for me and like Mm -hmm. where uh, diverse opinions heard at every level, where, um, where we're just this, like this community that, that values uh, people and creativity and flavor, you know, the, the definition of flavor is character. So I always love that the essential character of something. So I just wanted it so, so badly. And And I think Jenny's is that, but there was, you know, some differing opinions at the top of like how to, how to make that work and, and how to make that happen. But also, um, but also I knew that I was like almost too emotionally tethered to the, the, the outcomes of the company and mm-hmm. what was happening in the company. And in, in some ways, what I also wanted to do is get to a place where I could, you know, get the company to a place and also myself to a place where like I could let go a little bit because it mm-hmm. like as an entrepreneur, as the founder of the company, you are, it's, if it sounds weird, but like, it is you. Mm-hmm. It's not because my name is on the sign. And I never wanted to be like, you know, this, just a figurehead or like, you know, the pup. It was never about that. It was like, it is me. I mean, I, Jenny is a world that I created in many ways to feel comfortable in the world. You know, it was a place that I felt um, not uncomfortable, right? So yeah. I felt comfort. And, uh, and so trying to almost let that go so that in a way I could be and go and explore other things. I was realizing that that was important too, and that I needed to, to probably needed to do that. That was, it's even hard for me to get it out now. Like it's mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. tethered to my being mm-hmm. and who I am and who mm-hmm. I was. And yet at the same time, it was very hard for me to be uh, you know, representing a company that, uh, that has become its own entity, which is what you want. That's what I always wanted for mm-hmm, Jenny's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it took a lot of sort of reconciliation. Just reconciling, you know, yeah. I had to figure that out and figure out who's like, uh, when is the moment that I can kind of go at least a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, what comes to mind for me is, um, I don't know if you always imagined it would be hard to let go of, or if it was harder than you imagined, you know, recently. It was a lot harder than I imagined. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been having this experience recently with a number of things in my life where you don't think intellectually you think about it in a certain way Mm -hmm. Uh, like my father's been very sick so I'm like oh this is what it's like to lose a parent Mm -hmm. I never understood that I thought I did when other people were going through I had no idea you know when when I think about my business I said to people many times I'm not attached to the identity of being xyz like I don't I don't think I care about that at all but as you start to kind of get up to letting go of it, it's not the identity, but it is an attachment. There is, it has been a part of, 
of your being. It is something you birthed, you know, to let so, it go yeah. is way harder than, than I ever thought it would be. It is so, so yeah. hard. And I haven't, I haven't like completely let go of Jenny's. I mean, I'm still mm -hmm. there. I'm still very supportive of our, of our CEO. And mm -hmm. I have a really great relationship with the company and I love what's happening there. And they're also happy and I'm getting texts and, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's great, but, but, and that makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, like I, I, even when I wrote my book in 2009 and 10, when I was writing the book, I was writing that book because I wrote this whole opening, these opening, opening chapters, which kind of told our story, told who we mm. are. And I wrote the book with, with the stories of the flavors and whatever. In my mind, I was thinking, I'm not, you know, this isn't going to be my forever. Like I will at some point release this company and, and the book will in a way serve as this like grounding mm -hmm. thing for sort of roadmap. It sort of tells, I hit by a bus tomorrow. It tells you everything that you need to know about Jenny's. And I wrote it with that perspective. And I have always been in the company, you know, wanting to train people, never wanting to have, um, some, you know, skill that no one else in the company has. Right. I mean, I always wanted to be able to train people on whether it was coming up with flavor ideas or R and D or the um, quality or writing, copywriting. Those were things I did and even sometimes still do for the company. I, I really have almost, I mean, even to this day, come up with every flavor that we've ever done except one. And so, so I never wanted that to be, I wanted a team that was going to be, going to be doing this. And I always was proud of that. But yes, when it came time to, to kind of like let go or let it fly in a way, like mm -hmm. give it some, that sort of space, I found it to be much, much more difficult than, because I think, I think truly the, the, the hardest thing is not knowing what's on the other side, mm -hmm. for, yeah. you know? Yeah. Totally. It's yeah. that, you know, you're stepping into a place that's unknown. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you started at a young age. Um, I started my business, uh, let's see, I was like 36 years old, something like that. And, and I remember when I started just, you know, the sense of freedom, you know, mm -hmm. that this is mine. I can do whatever I want. You know, every day I get to do what I want to do, how I want to do it. It's so right. Bad. So beautiful. But, but when you, to let go of that and not know what's on the other side, mm -hmm. you know, to some extent you're gaining new freedom, but there's a lot of uncertainty there too, you know, which is why I think, you know, mm -hmm. most people don't do it. Right. Cause this, this thing. Well, you build this thing that's like so perfect for you. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Why would you step away from it? And right. the truth is for Jenny's at this point, like in order for Jenny's to become something even bigger, you know, it can be bigger as a footprint, but like, um, you know, the people of Jenny's are so incredible, so wonderful. And their ideas are so great. And in a way I was even realizing that when I would go to work, I could be very disruptive to that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, it, it was so good for me to really see that, like, that this is something that is going to continue to grow and change on its own with, with the people that we've, uh, and the, the values that we've instilled in it. And of course it takes constant care mm -hmm. and I will always be there to help with that, I think. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was on the other side for you. <laughs> I mean, I know you're still sort of, you know, moving into that and I know you're still very much, you know, I don't know what the right word is supportive involved, you know, it's not like you're, you know, totally separate from, but you are shifting into other things 
you know, talk a little bit about what was on the other side of, of that letting go. Well, let's see. I, I think first, um, was for me, I mean, you know, I, I had spent so much time in the forest and in, in the forest around uh, Columbus and just in a way, like letting go of, of myself, you know, getting away from your ego, e- just ego. The ego for me was the one that was trying to protect me, mm-hmm. that was afraid, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's not how you think that it's affecting you, but it, it is. And when you can really look into it. Oh, yeah. So getting into those places of, um, of, I guess, just getting away from that, getting into oneness, getting into the forest, getting back to nature. And then um, finding, I think what I've found is a comfort with myself. Because one of the things, you know, in the maybe 2016, 17, 18, I kind of just, the company was growing. I was trying to do too many things. And I think I just kind of lost who I was uh, in trying so hard to be everything to everyone, you know? And so I spent a long time the last few years, just like just being, not Mm -hmm. being anything, Mm -hmm. you know, and actually just asking a lot of questions and just getting really curious about my, myself, how I feel. Um, And I think what happened is too, that I connected very much with who I was when I was younger Mm -hmm. and that, uh, that I still am that person, but with a lot more experience, you know? Mm -hmm. And I found just... Who was that person? Yeah, just free. Yeah. You know, I mean, I somehow was just free from Mm -hmm. the time I was very young. Mm -hmm. And that um, was always very important to me. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, I think I've been thinking a lot about this. Society does is they tell you you have to grow up mm-hmm. and be an adult and act, you know, a certain way and there's a level of responsibility and some things that might not be all bad and true, right? Like, you know, maybe you do need to be thoughtful about your loved ones and and maybe even, you know, people in need or the world, right? Might need to mature in a way that's healthy, you know, but this lack of like fun, freedom, you know, this way of being that we are born into as children gets lost. And it's not, it's not, uh, it's not really embraced in adults uh, in our society as much as maybe it should be, you know, um, I actually, today is Jerry Garcia's birthday and I, you know, big deadhead. And I was just reading something that Jerry had said about the grateful dead, which was that it gave people a place just to go and be free and have fun and, you know, listen to music. It was really not just about the dead. It was about music that it's just opportunity for people to be free and, and express and you find themselves. that oneness in music too, especially when you're with other people and it's this shared experience and it's everywhere, you know, but I see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so interested in this idea that you, you know, kind of came back to this, this child that, you know, you remembered and are trying to, uh, you know, integrate that into your adult life. I, I think that's really it's so great. That you you know? this way. You're zeroing in on it. Exactly. I, um, I think that it's true. I think that I, you know, I was trying to survive. I thought I would just, you know, I, I really thought that I was going to be the one who like the founder who could like survive growth. Mm-hmm. you know, in the company. And, and I tried so hard mm-hmm. to do that. 
And that was a lot of me trying to be linear, basically. And I'm not linear at all, at all. Like my, it's not even like a, you know, circle. It's like a sphere, you know, the way that I uh, encounter the world and the way I process the world. And it's, it's just a very different way. And I, and I was trying to, in a way, suppress that. And this is, you know, I think uh, these conversations are so interesting because I feel like business, so like mm -hmm. when we look at our culture and how we're trained, I think business has a lot to do with it. I mean, in America, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we're trained mm -hmm. in these command and control linear ways. And that is what growing up here means, you know, in a way. And uh, and so there's that, that I, it's, it's a discipline, it's discipline, you know, in it's external discipline. I'm uh, striving for an ideal, you know, there's this idea, this man-made ideal that I'm supposed to be like, you know, and for women and men, it's, it's different, but there's crossover and, you know, depending. And I think that I have never, you know, I had never really subscribed to that. I mean, I was always felt like kind of an outsider or, you know, as an art kid, you know, I mean, definitely questioned that when I was young, I was raised by artists, you know, definitely uh, that wasn't my way and I didn't even know how to do it. So, you know, I find myself in, you know, whatever, 2017, I was like, God, for, for the last several years, I've really been trying too hard to do that. And it was a slow boil. And I was failing at that miserably. And that was when, you know, when I get back to the forest and I sort of find that getting back to myself, because for me, what I've always believed is that, uh, that my internal discipline is stronger than the external discipline. So even in school, when I was younger, it's like, if you tell me to do something and you demand it of me, well, then I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I won't do it. But if I feel it and it comes up from me, then I, I have endless capacity to, to suffer for getting it done, you know, in focus. Uh, and so that, you know, building Jenny's, you know, I mean, you just can, can focus on that, can suffer for it, can grow it because it all came up from inside of me. It was this passion that I had uh, but if somebody else were to say that I could never do that, I could never do that for somebody else. And in a way, this ties over, this, this sort of overlaps with this, like, what is a grown-up conversation? Because I think most people in America would say, well, a grown-up is somebody who can, who has discipline. And that the discipline they're talking about is external discipline. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the discipline to be told to do something and then they do it mm -hmm. or to feel that, you know, there's this ideal that they're striving for and they need to do it because of that. Not because it comes from this beautiful, infinite you know, pot potential internal space. Uh, I think a lot of people too, just to, to put a little side note in that, mm. this is a way that a lot of people with ADHD feel. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I've learned about myself. And I have, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that ability, I would say, this, this ability not to focus on something that somebody mm -hmm. else tells you to do, but to focus deeply on what you are inspired to do. And and I think that's that's one of those things, you know, we sort of look at it as a disorder, but it's actually your superhero mm -hmm. skill. If you have the right uh, way to look at it. And for me, I guess I did mm -hmm. growing up. But but anyway, so yeah, so it's it's really returning to that. But even now, I will say that, I mean, I'm, I do, a, I write a lot, you know, I journal a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's not just journaling. I mean, it is journaling. It's the way that I journal is, is, is I just write through things, mm -hmm. you know, ideas. I write as long as I can to write through them. and. And I'm writing a lot about this. And I feel like when I read a lot of business books or American philosophy or, you know, especially more current, it still is in that sort of command and control, which I absolutely re reject, mm -hmm. both in leadership and also in, uh, in life. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and so I don't see a lot of people talking about the opposite of that, because I think a lot of times you think of it as pleasure driven, which it is. Mm. You do what feels good. Right. So there are some philosophers. There's a there's a French philosopher, Michel Onfray, that I read. He has only one book in English, but it's the Hedonist Manifesto. Um, hedonism is interesting because, you know, it's like from it's the driving pleasure as a driver in life. Mm. And so it's been just absolutely shredded and criticized by, like, mm-hmm. let's say, the stoic mm-hmm. you know, way or whatever. But actually, it's a pretty great way to be. It's like, what feels good? Mm-hmm. What feels right? And that's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And usually, if you ask yourself, you end up doing the right thing, too. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea that if you follow what feels good, you won't do the right thing, mm-hmm. which I reject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've gone back and forth on that myself because I um, do, you know, think a lot emotionally, you know, and, and from a place of feeling, which, um, you know, can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that I, I think I've ultimately landed on is that I generally don't ever second guess my decision when I operated from a place of feeling, even if it didn't turn out the way that I hoped it would. Or well, and that's it instinct. To. I mean, yeah. so, so, so much of what I believe and, and of what I've been able to accomplish in my life, it gets back to instinct and yeah. also where I've gone wrong in my life. It's because I didn't trust my instinct, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times, um, I didn't mm-hmm. speak up when I thought something was wrong, you know, because I, I didn't trust my instinct. And, and I think that, that being able to, to tune into your instinct and follow your instinct, well, you know, it may be wrong, but then you learn from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just like Jedi, you know, you're, you're on yes. drills and then you get to this point where you're on instinct. But when it, when it comes to things like pleasure, it's not always that it's right. Like if I'm, you know, um, you know, for a time in my life when I, I thought it was super fun to just drink a lot at night, you know, mm-hmm. and like have these great conversations. And I felt horrible the next day mm-hmm. and I felt I didn't have my brain. And I realized that like, I got to stop that completely. Yeah. But it took me a while. Yeah. You know, I kept saying, you know, you get curious. So like, what's going wrong? Why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. What's what, what is it that makes me like that when I'm mm-hmm. doing it, but not realize that I'm going to feel horrible the next day? Like, why is that okay for me? Mm-hmm. So you just keep asking yourself those questions. Mm-hmm. And what you end up with is, well, you know what? I need to take that out of my life, actually. Mm. And that's pleasure. Yeah. It's for me, it seems like um, the more I keep going through that loop of seeing things, the more I'm realizing comes out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, drinking was one of those things for me too, you know, and somebody along the way shared this with me with, with any habit, really, uh, when you can get to the other side of it and taste what the goodness that's there, you don't want to do the thing anymore. Right. But it's sort of this, you know, onion that you keep peeling back and realizing, you know, how deep it is. And you start to, you know, see how much there is actually to let go of, right? Mm-hmm. And where the ego was still in the driver's seat. And so, you know, coming back to like the business side of things, you know, I'm curious about this. Uh, and it doesn't have to be just business, you know, just in general, this new place that you're in, having moved away from things that, uh, you know, were, were similar to that experience of drinking, you know, maybe felt good in the moment. Maybe you were getting something out of, maybe there were times where it was exciting and energizing or, or there were other reasons why you were doing what you were doing, you know, you know, it could be for family or for children or to please others or right. I or mean, even ego. I e- mean, absolutely. Ego, right. Mm-hmm. But you, you made some jumps, you know, you, you, and, and so 
I guess maybe you, I'm, I'm curious just about it, you know, expanding on like after you made the jump, you know, what's, how does it feel on the other side of those changes? It's so, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's beautiful. Honestly, yeah. it's beautiful. I, um, I just, I think that the world is in full color again for me in a just huge way. Mm-hmm. And it's different because I'm not, I'm not doing things from a place of survival, which I was most of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I had such a cool adventure, you know, building Jenny's and great. I mean, I loved every single moment of it, even the, the hardest stuff. Uh, it was just the most exciting and most fun thing. And it was hard and, you know, I mean, it's brutal, mm-hmm. but now I'm in this place where like, I'm not acting to, you know, escape struggle or to, to end struggle or to find safety. I have that. And I finally found it, you know, mm-hmm. and so that is so wonderful. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm just in a really beautiful place, but also I'm like writing a lot. I'm reading a lot. I'm writing a lot mm-hmm. and, and I'm doing a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have some companies that I'm starting. I'm doing a lot of, you know, just working with other entrepreneurs and, and I'm traveling a lot and I'm experiencing a lot and I'm, I'm just in it. And I'm just living, but I'm also like, ice cream is still funny. It's still the lens. <laughs> that I see everything through. Mm-hmm. So I'm also making ice creams just mm-hmm. for fun. And I'm gonna, and I'm, and I'm doing that. I just did a masterclass. I just recorded a masterclass. Awesome. Ice cream. So it's like so fun, but I'm realizing so much in reflecting on my life that, that first of all, ice cream is the lens through which I've learned everything, everything, whether it's, you know, <laughs> I'm a huge like armchair pirate historian, mm-hmm. right? I like, I love pirate history. I love the history of actually witchcraft, which is also interesting, like feminism and witchcraft, because I think it's uh, it gets a bad reputation in history, witchcraft does, but it's actually like the way that women had power in their communities, mm-hmm. not in, in performing like bad, you know, spells or whatever, but literally just as being almost like therapists for their communities and bringing women together and like reading the tea leaves. But these women were really identifying patterns in their communities and probably they had power through intuition. And it was just, anyway, there's all these cool things about that. But I, but I've learned about that through weirdly ice cream, mm. right? Because I would explore that looking for flavor mm. or I even like philosophy of life. I mean, you know, in my life I had tons of time to, you know, just a lot of downtime, mm-hmm. you know, when you're making ice creams all day long, you know, you're what that, what that job is, is, you know, cutting strawberries for six hours straight. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing that, it's like this Zen place where you can think, mm. but I'm reflecting on a lot of this now. And I'm realizing that ice cream for me is almost like a philosophy mm-hmm. of being and living. And mm-hmm. ice cream is this extraordinary me- metaphor for so many things. For death and rebirth, for instance, is a beautiful metaphor for that. Ice cream mm. is, you know, not like a, you know, a cake is beautiful on the outside and then you take a bite of it and it's kind of over. It's mm. like sweet and it's some texture. Ice cream is not so beautiful on the outside. It's mm-hmm. just kind of a ball or like a roll. Mm. But when you eat it, it's sort of melting and it's that when it's sort of breaking down or melting down and it gets kind of reborn on your palate, it gets reborn as vapor and scent. Mm-hmm. And in that it's beautiful. And so there's this like has to melt down before it's reborn into something completely different and, re- and beautiful, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, kind of what I've been through. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful metaphor for time and for the moment and mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, you can write a story about the future. You can write a story about the past, but you cannot write a story about right now. Mm-hmm. It's so I'm still mm-hmm. looking at everything weirdly through this lens of ice cream, but it's so authentic to me. Mm-hmm. 
that that I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's fascinating, you know, just of all things, you know, I'm like picturing like, I don't know, it's something like everything everywhere all at once, yes. you know, where like it's like hot dog fingers, like, you it's know, so like weird, but ice cream is the thing that, you know, showed up for you at 22 that would become your teacher for life like it's so isn't that you know wild you know and and talk about awe and you know can you know i'm following you know each one of those you know metaphors and hearing you you know see yourself your life in in you know this in ice cream you know and it's and it makes sense and it's it's you know like you said i think it's quite beautiful you know so weird and it's like part of this um too is just like this cycle that I realize I've been on of sort of curiosity or wonder and then action and then reflection, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think when you get to that, when you're, when you're constantly doing that, and then also as you get older and you really start to reflect on who you are and what you've done and what's, what's important to you so that you can then get into the future. I think the reflection is just the, mm-hmm. the maybe one of the most important things that you can do. You can really I don't know. It's it's beautiful. You work things out. You begin to understand things, and then get to another place of wonder, and then you have to act again, and then you have to reflect again, and so it's this beautiful cycle. That that uh, yeah, but only I don't know. Maybe you know we make excuses on you know why we don't reflect. You know, maybe it's just hard to look back and you know actually look at how you're being. Yeah, I would also imagine you know, time having the space and the time to do that um, is super helpful too. When you're well, it's a luxury. Go go yeah. go! You know, um, it's hard to take that that free time to you know be in mode of reflection. But you know, uh, I'm sure it's been incredibly informative for you as you're moving into you know this next phase. Yeah, and I feel like um, having this time has been just the most incredible gift for me and and this incredible luxury in a way just to have the, the time to be uh in nature in the forest to figure out who i am and what i how i want to feel my coach actually early on in in 2020 he's he's an amazing human being and i was very lucky to have him he's now my business partner and friend but he he asked me what do you want mm. you because know, i was probably like just bitching and complaining mm-hmm. and like you know uh, and it took me a really long time to answer that. I couldn't answer it. I didn't know what I wanted. But instead of answering that, I started with, how do I want to feel? And once I answered that, which was peace, I want to feel peace. I want to feel love mm. and loved. And I want to feel safety. Mm. And those three things, then I was able to work backward from that and figure out what I want, mm. you know, which is <laughs> at this point, it is time. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved so much working, working, working. I was, I was a person early in my, almost my entire life who would say, I don't want friends. I want co-conspirators, mm-hmm. you know, and now I want friends mm-hmm. and I want the time to be and to the time to also work on incredible projects and bring things to life mm-hmm. and help the emerging entrepreneurs achieve what they want. And I'm, you know, and, and, and help create the change, you know, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of work that's part of mm-hmm. what I'm doing too, but, mm-hmm. but it's. It is about like, I will never get out of alignment with how I want to feel again. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, it's it's been helpful for me to be a friend and to learn from your journey and, you know, to share the journey with you. And I've really enjoyed 
you know, our conversations and, and value them quite a bit and just give you a lot of credit because I think it takes uh, a lot of courage and strength to, to be, you know, like makes me sad to even say it, but you know, I, I feel that way, you know, that it's, it's maybe, maybe even more so in a place like Columbus, you know, maybe that's changing a little bit, you know, in recent years, you know, I've found people here that, you know, I can, I can, you know, really be with and, and, and feel alive and, and, you know, at peace, but, you know, that's been a journey for me and I admire, you know, the courage that that you've demonstrated um, in continuing to move through the journey and step more and more into that, that place of, of peace and love and service and joy and, and who you really are and who you've always been, you know, we just forget. Well, yeah. And you've got to push yourself. I mean, like, I love that in my journey, I figured out what my boundaries are by going over them. Mm-hmm. You cannot know where your boundaries are until you pass them. Yeah. You can't. You have to go past them. And so, you know, I always tell people, don't be afraid to get broken. That's yeah. actually the most beautiful place that you can be. The rules are different there. <laughs> like, you know, you cannot have a rebirth until you get there. And it's actually really beautiful. Mm-hmm. You learn so much when you get to that place. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm happy that I, that I know that about myself and it, you know, probably happen again in my life. And at some point, yeah. you know, because when you're so excited about something, you're working so hard, you, you do that, <laughs> Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. part of it. You know, it's yeah. just part of it. It is part of it. And you get a little more comfortable with it. You know, yeah. you recognize it and it doesn't mm-hmm. take you the same way exactly. each time. Yes. Any final thoughts you want to share with the audience? I know we'll make sure they know where to find you if they don't already. No, I mean, I just love, oh, you know, I love our conversations always. It's like, we just go deep immediately. It's like, and I, those are the kind of conversations that I I love right now. Anyway, you know, I mean, so it's always fun to, to just go, go there and dive in with you. And I love that you do this on, on your podcast and you have such an effortless way of, of doing, of doing that, holding conversation and space for, for these big, big topics with Mm. so many amazing people. Mm. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's just a a deep sense of curiosity and, you know, wanting to be connected in this journey. And so it's easy when, you know, you have people as open as, as you are to, to get in there and, you know, that's, you know, I think why we're friends, we both, you know, kind of love to get in there and explore. So it makes it so fun and, and, and beautiful really. Yeah. Well, thanks Jenny. Appreciate it. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the gravity podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 